curious learners and inquisitive minds. Today, I am honored to have some of the brightest researchers here at CSU Channel Islands. As we delve into the latest developments and challenges within corrosion damage modeling, I want to pose a question that has been on our minds and the minds of scientists for centuries. How can we better understand and predict the behavior of complex materials which are prone to damage or failure, especially those which pertain to electrochemical corrosion degradation? And this, fellow Mathians, is where paradynamics comes in, a revolutionary field of mechanics which has gained notable traction in recent years. And with that, we welcome you to Cracking the Secrets of Math. On this episode, as you may have guessed, we will be taking the deep dive into paradynamics and paradynamic modeling, a fundamental branch of classical continuum mechanics paramount to our research, high-fidelity computational corrosion degradation modeling. Have you ever wondered how mathematicians and physicists come up with their groundbreaking theories, or how we use science to solve complex real-world problems? Join my team and I as we explore topics ranging from calculus, paradynamics, biology, chemistry, computer science, and well, just about everything in between. Whether you're a student of math, a curious learner, or simply someone who wants to know more about the beauty of numbers and corrosion, this podcast is for you. We want to extend a special thank you to CSU Channel Islands Dolphin Radio and all of the otherworldly mentors which make undergraduate research in this podcast possible. And hey, don't forget to check out our website, crackingmathpodcast.com. So tune in, grab a pencil and paper, and get ready to crack the secrets of math. Curtis, I'm going to tell you a story, and I'm going to start roundabout where we're going to end. Paradynamics is a theory of mechanics that was developed in the early 2000s as an alternative to classical continuum mechanics. Okay, so you mentioned classical continuum mechanics. I'm pretty familiar with classical mechanics, especially after I just took a course in it this last semester. Uh, but I, I've heard the term continuum mechanics throughout my time as a physics major. But can you really describe what continuum mechanics is for me? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, continuum mechanics is a branch of mechanics that deals with the behavior of matter assumed to be continuous and with any internal structure, such as fluids, gases, and solids. Additionally, it provides a framework for describing and analyzing the mechanical behavior of materials under various conditions, including stress, strain, deformation, and motion. Okay, so from what you're describing, it sounds like we can use continuum mechanics to develop mathematical models and equations that can find utility in a wide range of engineering and scientific problems. Is that correct? Absolutely. And for us, our application is corrosion. The fundamental concepts that are the foundation of classical mechanics include conservation laws, balance equations, and constitutive relations that connect the deformation and stress of a material. Okay, so then I'm guessing that it is particularly useful for modeling materials that are prone to cracking, fragmentation, and other types of damage such as corrosion. Well, sort of. Previous attempts at modeling this type of damage relied on partial differential equations, PDEs, which don't allow for natural crack propagation. They're discontinuous at the crack surface, 
and utilize constantly meshing and remeshing techniques as the crack propagates in order to create these corrosion damage models. Okay, so to clarify, uh, you mentioned the previous attempts were not very well done because they used partial differential equations, and these aren't uh, very well equipped to handle crack propagation because they need a continuous boundary, right? And obviously cracks are not continuous boundaries. So where um, where do we go from here? Is, is this where paradynamics comes in? And this is actually where our story really starts getting exciting. Well, I mean, for me anyways. Paradynamics models materials as a collection of discrete particles that interact with each other through forces that depend on their relative positions and velocities. It's a non-local theory, meaning that the forces between particles depend not only on their immediate neighbors, but also on particles further away. This allows paradynamic models to capture long-range interactions that may be missed by classical continuum models. Okay, so it sounds like there's some serious advantages to paradynamics. Advantages there are. What is so powerful about paradynamics is its ability to model crack propagation and other forms of damage. In a paradynamic model, cracks can be represented as sets of broken bonds between particles, and the propagation of the crack can be simulated by tracking the evolution of these broken bonds over time. In fact, paradynamics has been used to model everything from the behaviors of concrete structures under stress, the deformation of biological tissues under strain, and electrochemical corrosion degradation. So in other words, paradynamics and paradynamic modeling offer a powerful tool for understanding and predicting the behavior of complex materials, particularly those that are prone to damage or failure, such as cracking. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Welcome to this episode of Cracking the Secrets of Man. Today, I, I feature my wonderful research mentor, Dr. Cynthia Flores, and I have two amazing guests with me today. Um, Marisol, could you share a little bit about your uh, major and, the, and why, I guess I already shared your name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chet. Um, yes, my name is Marisol, like you said, and I am a math major at Channel Islands University. I'm um, studying math with an emphasis in statistics. Oh, wonderful. And then Trenton, we share almost the same name. Very close, yes. And then what are you studying here? I am also studying uh, mathematics, but with an emphasis on uh, applied. Oh, it's amazing. It's awesome. And so today we're going to be talking about paradynamics. And this is the, really the root of our mathematical modeling is being able to utilize this <clears throat> to, to simulate corrosion. Absolutely. And I want to congratulate you, Trent, for leading our team thank and you. getting a huge NASA sponsorship for this research. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah. We found out about that this week and it was it's been actually quite a wild ride. I think we've had a lot of good news this week. So we're very humbled and we're very excited to to start this uh, next next stage of our research with NASA. Absolutely. I'm Professor Cynthia Flores, a professor of mathematics here at Cal State Channel Islands. And it is also my pleasure to welcome our two guests. So Marisol, what's been on your mind? Tell me what you've been working on. Um, we've been working on non-local corrosion. And so non-local theory starts with the classical equations for peridynamic modeling. And what we're doing is we're essentially summing up our volumetric forces um, across the horizon, which is our neighborhood. 
And when you have a reference configuration, the paradynamic theory looks at each point non-locally and considers that horizon. And the distance x to x prime name p yeah, is compared to um, ski plus eta to find the relative displacement. So yeah, I really enjoy learning about that. Awesome. And maybe um, Trenton, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what is your takeaway uh, when you're studying paradynamics and paradynamic equations and paradynamic modeling? Yeah, well, I've been uh, focusing on trying to bridge the gap between uh, our bond-based uh, model and the state-based model. And I'm, I've been focusing specifically on the compliance tensor. Uh, and that's based off of the, like, the classic uh, linear elasticity in Hooke's law. Um, we know that that's, you know, correlates to, like, uh, stress and strain. Um, and specifically, uh, I've been studying a lot about, you know, tensors and tensor operations as that coincides with uh, trying to generate the characteristics of our uh, of our materials. Um, it's honestly, it's been very interesting um, delving into this. This has kind of been my first, you know, foray into like the thick of, you know, non-local theory as well as like uh, tensors and, and, and what not have you. But it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been really interesting. That's really cool. And um, can you tell me a little bit about the differences between bond-based and state-based? I feel like that has a little to do with those volumetric forces that you were talking about, Marisol. And, and I, I want to actually add, perhaps for our listeners, you know, a big thing of what we're doing is trying to find the intersection between the two. Absolutely. So, so maybe, and, and so that that's my curiosity is why is it important to find the intersection between bond-based and state-based um, paradigm? Good. In addition to your question, yeah. it might be a little long, but I feel like it yeah. piggybacked directly off. Um, well, I think it's important to know the connection between the two because um, I think we found that bond-based approach can be a little bit less computational, which is can be advantageous to us when we can um, deal with that sort of error that comes with that but um with the state-based approach we found that it's a lot more complex but that it can reduce down to the bond-based formulation when needed so it's just been really interesting getting to know each of these different approaches and that reduction is it through i think we mentioned it was through the uh, poisson ratio right yeah it's when that poisson ratio is to um one-fourth. It reduces down to the bond-based formulation. That was a pretty incredible thing, I think, for us to discover. Absolutely. You know, that we had that ability. So, I mean, I, it's my understanding that from the compliance tensor of, like, classical elasticity, you can use that to bridge a bond-based model to a state-based model. What are some of the factors that go into that? Well, I mean, I know that compliance tensor utilizes like Young's modulus and uh, as well as like the Poisson ratio, that, that one fourth value that we were talking about. And like, since we can use the compliance tensor in from the bond-based model, we can, were we talking about like shoveling it through the operator in the state-based, right? Well, it does make an appearance if you want to let's say, make a connection to corrosion modeling, right? Like it does make an appearance in a paradynamic equation for, for damage modeling because you 
are taking into account how that tensor is um, acting on the bonds that that money soul mentioned. That's my understanding, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, in essence, the compliance tensor would be used to characterize the bonds in our neighborhood. Um, and so that's why it'd be so important to, you know, fully understand the compliance tensor, uh, in our, in our corrosion modeling. That's really cool. And I think I've heard you, Trent, give a presentation about how in these models, you keep track of how stiff the bonds are until they break. Right. And I was actually going to mention too, with clar clarification on the horizon, we call it a horizon as this is like a a collection of points that we decided we're going to focus on. Mm -hmm. And we get to uh, look at certain parameters such as bond stiffness and, and the idea that once some of these these bonds that we're looking at, these particles that are moving, if they break a bond, we don't, they're broken. They can't do any more. And that's really the power of paradynamics is treating the object as a continual mass and using the horizon to make it like the areas that we're actually examining uh, more efficient in our calculations compared to some other models that use meshing and remeshing techniques. Yeah, there's definitely, I think, some, 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 some simplicity in that. And once a bond is broken, it stops contributing to the volumetric forces. Right. And it's all within this horizon mm -hmm. or multiple horizons that we're examining within uh, a material. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so what are some of the applications of paradynamic modeling? Um, so paradynamic modeling, and, and it's just because I did a lot of research into like the boundary element to the finite element methods where they, I guess for me, it, it's from a modeling perspective, is that paradynamics works well for us because of the electrochemical component that we're examining. And it works really well because of some of the pesky meshing and remeshing techniques of previous mathematical models. You're talking about specifically when you're modeling corrosion, right? Modeling corrosion, yeah. And then I guess the power of paradynamics avoids some of those discontinuities that existed with other models that use partial differential equations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that sounds really cool. And it's, aside from um, corrosion modeling, have you all studied any other types of applications? Right, it's like, like pitting corrosion and fracture, I guess, is... Fitting corrosion for corrosion and as well as like fracture, fracture maybe basically for fracture, materials. Like fracture mechanics, basically. Like, like yeah. yeah. Which is actually, yeah, the, the, the fracturing and the cracking is, has been difficult to model in the past because there has been limitations on the natural propagation of cracks. Absolutely. It's limited by those meshing and remeshing techniques. Wow, that's a much more succinct way to say what we were trying yeah. to say a couple of <laughs> minutes ago. There you go. That's full circle. That sounds good. Paradynamics, it, it's, it's one of those, it, those branches of classical continuum mechanics that really is allowing us to do some incredible things in our modeling. And we are fortunate to be doing it this time because it, is, it was a product of the early 2000s. And so to be able to look at these, these systems with this kind of fresh mathematical eyes, I think is very powerful. That's right. I think that the the first uh, instance of like a paradynamic model being proposed was in the year 2000 due to Stuart Silling. And that's, that's great. That's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to really, and I explain this to people. I don't know if they want to listen, but they, they get to listen to me. And 
you know, they do have that that perspective that, wow, this is actually something that is pretty new. I mean, to have something in, in science and mathematics that you're using that hasn't been developed by an old white guy <laughs> in the 1800s is a big, big deal. You know what I mean? Um, but so, yeah, so, you know, this has been great. It's been wonderful talking. Thank you, uh, Mighty Soul and Trenton and Dr. Flores for being here. Uh, we do try to post uh, episodes every week, and we want to extend a most gracious thank you to CSUCI's Dolphin Radio, uh, NASA's Undergraduate Research Experience, HSI Smart, the National Science Foundation. Honestly, you guys are so gracious. Thank you very much. Uh, until next time, we're looking forward to cracking the secrets of memory.